the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome in uh, Saturday afternoon and another edition of Woods and Water South Carolina. Appreciate you tuning in. My name is Roger Metz, and uh, it's going to be a good show. We're going to talk to Mary Rowe from the Palmetto Conservation Foundation and get update on all the Women's Adventure Weekend, uh, some of the work they're doing on the trails, and, and any events they've got going on. I don't know exactly what she's got planned for us, but... Um, yeah, it's always it's always nice having Mary on. I hate she couldn't be on last Saturday, but hey, we got her on this Saturday. Then we're going to talk to which is in this and and Tal has never been on here. Thomas Mims, he's a U.S. Forest and Pro, U.S. Forest Service employee down at uh, Savannah River site, and um, you you won't want to miss this, especially if you are a first responder or know a first responder or are a mobility impaired hunter or fisherman, because. What they do down at Savannah River site, in conjunction with the National Wild Turkey Federation, Department of Energy, Centera, their security service, and, and some of the other partners they've got down there, is just, it's incredible. I, I still scratch my head and wonder how in the world I was able, or how in the world I got an invitation to go down there for the first time and, and take pictures. That's essentially what I do. I go down there, I get to fish. Uh, while I'm there, I, I don't get to turkey hunt. But I've been to what, three fishing tournaments now, and one of their, their spring turkey hunts, and just man, it's it's an incredible place down there. And for the people that get to go in down there, and 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 partake of the natural resources, and I'm sure Ty will hit on that. It's um, it's it's a day whether they're like I said, there's missing limbs or or cancer patients who are undergoing treatment or. First responders who, you know, firemen, police officers put their lives on the line for us every day when they put on the uniform. It's a day they get to go down there, and it's just an incredible, incredible outdoor experience. So looking for Tal down at the bottom of the hour, and uh, and we'll talk a good bit about that. I want to, um, you know, yesterday was the opening day of gun season here in South Carolina, October 11th. The, the, the weather is, well, it just fits with deer season right now acorns are everywhere i know that's frustrating to a lot of hunters but you find your white oak tree you'll find the deer but i every year we do tree stand safety here uh didn't do it this year with jerry widener figuring i'd give him a a, a year off but i don't want to not talk about tree stand safety uh, gave away a lady's harness lifeline and hoist this week to a lady in columbia i hope she'll wear that harness and use that lifeline and i hope you will too but there was a article just came out by brian grossman qdma tree stand accidents can we stop the insanity and this is this is exactly what it's insanity to to climb a tree and not be attached and safe while you're up there because it's like jerry would tell you it's not just you that's going to be you know suffering it's everybody around you 
And if you're paralyzed, everybody's got to take care of you. Medical bills, you know, if you if you're if you die from a fall from a tree stand, then everybody suffers because now your wife is widowed, your children are, you know, fatherless or motherless, or you know, your your parents don't have a son or a daughter around anymore, and nobody gets to enjoy what would have been the rest of your life. So can you know as, as Brian starts out, can we stop the insanity? Can we just get through one deer season without a family having to bury a loved one who fell from their deer stand? Yes, deer hunting is our passion, but it is worth but is it but is it worth risking permanent injury or death? The vast majority of deer hunting injuries and deaths involve tree stand falls, and those accidents are one hundred percent avoidable. So he said yesterday I came across a GoFundMe page for a deer hunter who recently fell twenty five feet from his tree stand. Fortunately he lived, but he suffered serious injury and has no medical insurance. And hospital bills are piling up, sole provider. But he just didn't see the necessity and we're in a tree stand, a harness while in a tree stand. So uh goes on, you know, there are approximately 3,000 tree stand-related accidents in 2018 that resulted in injuries. And while that number seems astonishing, it's actually down nearly 50% from 2010. And Jerry alluded to that last year when he was on that the trend was way down. So while we're heading in the right direction, we're not quite there yet. So why are some deer hunters still climbing 20 or more feet in a tree without a safety harness and lifeline? In this day of 24-7 news and social media, I doubt anyone could plead ignorance on the matter. I don't think there's a deer hunter alive who hasn't heard or read about the dangers of falling from a tree stand. In fact, most of us know someone who's fallen. I know several people that have fallen. I also have a hard time believing it's a financial issue. Every new tree stand comes with a safety harness. That's exactly right. I bought a brand-new Summit this year, two-man ladder stand. It came with two harnesses. Since I already had a harness, I gave those two harnesses to somebody else. Um. And he, he says that I've seen numerous people, numerous people on social media offering it for free to anyone in need, and that's what I did. Besides, most of us spend plenty on licenses and tags, equipment, leases, gas, corn, <laughs> you know, a safety harness at a little over $100, a lifeline at $30, so for less than $150, you're good. And And how much is that worth for your health? So uh, he says he thinks it's, it boils down to something called mindset. Uh, when interviewing hunters who survive falls, they seem to be, that seems to be the first thing out of their mouths. We got to stop this kind of thinking. Uh, it can happen to anyone at any age, any time, and you almost never get a warning. So here, here's what we got. Here's what we got. All tree stand types can be safety, can be dangerous. The first step is obvious. Always wear and use a safety harness regardless of the type of tree stand you have. Most people think I'll wear it in a climber, but not in a ladder. Well, a ladder stand, just as dangerous as a climber. It's made out of the same materials. It can fold and buckle. And I've seen, and we've all seen those pictures on social media. Uh, most folks using hang-on stands and even climbers understand this. However, many ladder stand hunters seem to be under the false impression that because they aren't as high in the tree or because their stand has a built-in ladder, that it's somehow not as dangerous. Not true. I often hear the excuse, I don't hunt from a tree stand. I hunt from a ladder stand, said Mayhew, who is the marketing manager for Hunter Safety System. Hunters don't perceive ladder stands as tree stands and therefore don't consider the need to take the safety, same safety precautions. Ladder stands consist, consistently account for 20 to 25% of tree, stands fall, tree stand falls based on my data. That would be a significant reduction in the number of tree stand injuries if we could simply get ladder stand hunters to wear a safety harness. The take-home message here is that no matter what type of stand you're hunting from, they are all subject to equipment failure 
and any hunter can lose their balance and fall, especially if you're climbing under a, a rifle rest on a ladder stand. Peer pressure can be good. If you already wear a safety harness, that's great. Now make sure your friends or others hunting with you are wearing theirs as well. I have a new son-in-law this year. I told him we would not be friends if he did not wear a safety harness deer hunting. Luckily, he does. There is one case where peer pressure is a good thing. Urge them to make the right choice if they're hunting your, your land. Insist that they make the right choice. Don't be the guy or gal who loses a friend to a tree stand fall and lives with the regret of not speaking up. I think that would almost be as, as bad as falling yourself. Always be attached to a tree. This is one of those things where a lot of people will climb up in a tree stand and then they have the band that goes around the tree and you'll hook up. And, yeah, while you're sitting in the tree stand, you're good. But what about the time you're climbing? What about the transition, that time when you're turning around to get seated in? That's where most accidents happen. Um, 21% of tree stand falls. Let's see. Equipment, that 21% of tree stand falls, the hunter was wearing a safety harness. But that harness doesn't do any good if it isn't attached to the tree the entire time you're off the ground. This is where the lifeline comes in. Um, if you're using a climbing stand, attach your harness to the tree before you ever begin. And simply move the point of attachment up the tree with you as you go. That's the alternative to a lifeline. If you're using ladder stands or hang-ons, then be sure to use a product like a lifeline so you're attached to the tree the same time, the entire time you're off the ground. Uh, there's an additional tip. Once you get situated in the stand, place your safety harness tree strap high enough above you so that when you are sitting in your stand and start to lean forward, the tether on your harness gets tight. That way, even if you're to slip or fall asleep and take a tumble, you won't have far to fall. In fact, you should easily be able to climb back into your stand. And finally, just once is too many. Have you ever gotten to your deer stand and realized you've forgotten something important? Maybe it was your release. <laughs> I looked for 15 minutes the other day for my release. I dropped it in the field. I had to backtrack and took me 15 minutes to find my release. Maybe it was your ammunition. Maybe it was your safety harness. If that happens to you this season, either return to the house and get it or simply sit on the ground that hunt. It's not worth the risk. There's no way to know how many tree stand accidents have been the result of a forgotten safety harness, but it's probably not zero. So I know I don't like to hammer on you too much about things, but this is one. I'm not going to be the guy who didn't say anything and have a friend or uh, somebody I hunt with, or a listener who goes up a tree without his safety harness, without his lifeline, and gets injured. I'm not going to be the guy that didn't say anything. So please, when you go hunting this year, when you go deer hunting this year, wear your safety harness. Use a lifeline. It doesn't matter what kind of stand you're hunting out of. Because like Jerry would tell me, it's not. it's a selfish act because when you don't do it, you're only thinking about yourself. You know, you're being unselfish when you put it on because then you're thinking about you, of course, but you're thinking about everybody else in your life, your kids, your wife, your parents, brothers, sisters. So I urge you this year, when you get in that tree stand, put on that lifeline, put on that safety harness. And now it's going to be really hard to get hurt deer hunting, <laughs> you know. All right, I'm going to get hammering on you. But, boy, this weather is it. I hope you're out there, whether you're hunting or hiking or camping. If you're not doing it now, you need to make plans to do it really soon. 
doesn't seem like we get this nice October weather for very long. So you got to take advantage of it while you can. Plenty of things to do. Uh, Mary's going to talk about the Palmetto Trail. You know, we've got all sorts of fall festivals coming up here in South Carolina. The apples, you can still pick a few apples. That's another thing you can do. Uh, but explore areas around you. Go to South Carolina State Parks website. There are 47 South Carolina State Parks. All of them have trails. 46 of them have water. Fish are biting. Trust me, uh, the fish are biting from the mountains to the coast. You swing something in front of a fish, he's most likely to bite it because they are eating, trying to get ready for winter. And uh, it is just the primo time to be outdoors in South Carolina. And also, look, when you're riding up and down the road, put your windows down. When you're sitting in your house in the evening, put the windows up. You know, let all that cool air come in. I promise you, nothing like sitting there having a nice cool breeze coming through while you're sitting there reading. You sit reading, not on your phone, not on TV, reading. Get you a good book. Anyway, hang on through the break. We're going to talk to Mary Rowe with Palmetto Conservation Foundation about the Palmetto Trail. And then after that, it'll be Tal Mims with U.S. Forest Service talking about Savannah Riverside and some of the cool things they got going on down there. More Woods and Water South Carolina on the other side. Welcome back to Woods and Water South Carolina. It, uh, this weather is absolutely the right kind of weather for me, and I hope it is for you too. And, and we're going to, you know, last Saturday, I was expecting Mary to be on the show with me, but she was on a trail. And she couldn't get a good signal. And, and how can you get upset with somebody who's out there on a trail doing what your whole show is about and, and can't get a signal? So we're, we're going to let Mary roll and have a pass on last Saturday. But she's here with us this Saturday. Mary Rowe from the Palmetto Conservation Foundation. Thanks for coming back on Woods and Water South Carolina. Thank you again for having me. <laughs> and and congratulations. 35th wedding anniversary. You were telling me you and your husband were up in in a New England hike in and all, and just having a good time, and congratulations on that. That is Thank a milestone. You. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Well, look, let's uh, let's get right to it. Y- your first Women's Adventure Weekend is coming up here next month. How are things going for that? I mean, is registration good? Do you need more women to turn out? We well, registration is is healthy. Okay. We always need more women. Um, we are seeing a real cross section of of registrants yeah. from. Um, young to more senior like me um and uh we've created a facebook page for them so that they can begin to communicate among each other and uh some people are um uh uh, becoming new friends and uh, sharing some cabins or sharing a tent uh but overall people are really excited and the women are um very appreciative that we're hosting something like this for them well i mean it's a it's needed uh there's tons of stuff out there for us guys it's this is this is a really a, a filling a niche for the women. Um, yep. And and I remember when we talked about this the first time. You said that's what you wanted, not only for just the women to come, but for them to network and take these friendships home with them after they leave that weekend. Absolutely. Uh, we hope uh, that um, many people will um, enjoy each other beyond this conference. Maybe plan a, a hike together, or plan a big backpacking, or. Both learn how to fly fish for the first time and, and go out there and explore not only trails, but also those uh, rivers and blueways. And uh, uh, it's all about being outside, Roger. You know that's what we try to do every day here at PCF, that's get it. people outside. 
Um, wh- what is the uh, deadline for registration? Uh, you know what? There is no deadline. Okay. Uh, basically, you know, if you decide and wake up uh, uh, Friday morning and want to do just a one day on Saturday, come on out. Okay. Uh, you know, we're prepared for that. Um, and uh, we've left a lot of wiggle room for some drop-ins and, and so on. So nice. really, uh, at this point, uh, everyone is welcome. Okay. And that's coming up November November the 15th, 16th, and 17th at Table Rock State Park, which is that real is close correct. to the uh, Table, Table Rock uh, State Park is a great partner to us, along with uh, many of our state parks and uh, national forests. Very good. Well, um, I, I guess one of the next things I want to know about, and I hate to run this conversation, but – how are things coming with the reconnecting the East Atoy Passage? You know, we had the floods this spring, took out right. a couple of bridges. How is that coming along? Are we close, not close? What do we need? Well, well, first of all, thank you for asking because, yeah. uh, you know, that, that was a project that uh, uh, is dear to us. Um, unfortunately, Mother Nature <laughs> came along. And what we have right now is all of the pieces to the bridge have been removed from, from the water. Okay. They're being stored. And um, we are about to launch a, a campaign uh, to reinstall. It will be a social media campaign. It's okay. going to kick off on uh, October 15th and 16th um, through social media. Uh, we have about $80,000 that we need to raise to uh, reinstall the bridges. Okay. And so that is a priority project this year is to get the bridges back put in. And um, so if you're listening to us and you want to donate or get involved, uh, just reach out to us here at the headquarters. But, yes, Roger, um, this point they're being uh, stored, and we are trying to find the funds to put them back uh, across the, the, the stream there. Um, I, I assume they're going back in with with uh, concrete pot piers and everything just like well, they were before? Yeah, they, they are, and, uh, you know, that was a record high, uh, uh, yeah, you know, level was. of water. Uh, unbelievable. Who would ever think? But yeah. um, they're going to be positioned just slightly a little differently uh, down, um, not, not too far, where we feel that uh, even if, again, there is an elevation like that, that, that this time they we won't have the issue of them okay. being dislodged, okay? Okay. So uh, we've got uh, great trail builders and, and so on, but um, – we're we're ready to make that our priority project this year is to get them back installed. Okay, and that's a lot of money. Eighty grand is a lot of money to raise. It it, <clears throat> it is, but uh, we're we're going to work hard and we're going to we're out there now um, again uh, with different partners and there's great leadership from from businesses in the area. So uh, and and individuals, hey, every every dollar counts. Every dollar so counts. Don't 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 say that. One dollar won't do anything. We 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 need uh, we need those individual uh, contributions too. I saw where there was a bar somewhere down in Florida that that got fourteen thousand dollars in ones off the wall and sent it over to Abaco. You know, mm-hmm. so every you know, those dollars add up. Hey, they add up. You know, they do. And and there's a there's a little bit of a new and I won't call it a trend, but I think it's a good idea. It's called okay. DIY. You know, hey. Throw a barbecue in there. You know, you got twenty friends. Sure. Ask everybody to give five dollars and send it to send it this way. Yep. Um, that would be much appreciated. So uh, put your thinking cap, uh, <laughs> listeners, and if you have an idea to fundraise, give us a call. Sure, absolutely. Hey, this yeah. time of the year, a nice pig picking would be good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> See, my mind That's is already of- working for you. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. <laughs> 
Well, what other uh, what other events or news or what, what else do you have to share with us? Because well, we're coming um, up on the best we're coming up on the best time of the year to hike. Fall, well, winter, early spring. You don't have to worry about snakes, uh, yeah. mosquitoes, spiders. You know, it, the leaves are off the trees, so the views are even better. So, what do you got coming up? What can people yeah, do? Yeah, well, we have on actually if. Um, on the 29th, if uh, listeners uh, in the upstate want to join us for a ribbon cutting at uh, our second Stump House Passage um, uh-huh. uh, up at uh, the uh, Wahala area, we're going to have um, a nice uh, ribbon cutting to uh, a second um, uh, phase of our Stump House project. And uh, so it starts at 4.30, and we'll have food and uh, ability for uh, bikers and, and hikers to explore that particular new uh, section of trail. Nice. So um, that's our next event um, that's very exciting and uh, um, really pleased with uh, uh, the trails that are uh, being built in that area. Wahala and the city of Wahala and the chamber are just fabulous partners. They really have embraced what trails can do for small communities. And um, I know the the people in the area are really enjoying um, getting off of work and going up there and riding bikes, <laughs> yep. and uh, they're getting a lot of good visitors <clears throat> to see the great town of Wahala, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Anything else? Well, uh, we just finished. Uh, we don't talk about it much, but uh, our NRE passage is looking stellar. Uh, the guys were just out there for uh, all last week, and uh, if you haven't gone to the NRE Passage, this is the time of year to explore it. I think people will be really surprised um, how beautiful that particular passage is, and we really don't talk about that no, much. We don't. But uh, you know, um, a lot of the upstate where you are gets attention, but NRE is a, a you know really an easy drive from from here in the Midlands or sure. from the upstate. So please go go explore that particular passage. All right. And then, as always, you got your pale ale. I do. Uh, R.J. Rockers uh, is just a terrific uh, uh, supporter. We just finished the True to the Brew Trail Half Marathon at our Croft State Park passages. Yep. Had over 200 runners. And, uh, again, uh, the guys at R.J. Rockers that night had a big concert for us, and a dollar of every beer sale came back to us. So we will be putting that money back into the Spartanburg Trails. Look for a downtown urban trail and also uh-huh. the renovations of the USC Upstate Trail. Nice. Boy, y'all are busy. We are. We are. <laughs> but we love what we do. We love what we do. So, and uh, that makes it easy to do. Yeah, and we love when we get on uh, your show <laughs> Excuse me. Sure. to talk about it. Sure, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you coming on every time. and. Uh, like I said, we'll give you a pass on last Saturday because, hey, you were out hiking a trail. I was, sir. <laughs> That's a great oh. thing. So, Mary, well, look, I'll uh, I'll be sure to pump this uh, ribbon cutting up here, and then when you start the social media program, we'll, we'll promote it on the Woods and Water page, too. Okay. Have a good day. Thank you, Mary. <laughs> Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Welcome back to Woods and Water, South Carolina. Hope you'll uh, go to the Palmetto Conservation Foundation website if you're a lady and look at that Women's Adventure Weekend. That's uh, that sounds like a fun deal. Uh, if sometimes doing this show, I have those scratch my head. What what uh, world am I living in? And and that's the feeling I get every time I get to go down the Savannah River site and and 
be a oh a fly on the wall for some of the stuff they have going on down there. And and I've made a really good friend down there. His name is Thomas Mims. Everybody calls him Tal. And and Tal, thanks for taking a few minutes and coming on the radio show with me. Well, Roger, I appreciate you having me today, and it's just an honor to uh, to be on the show with you today. And I appreciate uh, the friendship that we kind of bonded over the last couple <laughs> of years. You kind of coming down here and, and seeing what we do down here at Savannah River. So it's a pretty unique place, oh, man, as you is. know that you've been down here the last couple of years with us. So I appreciate the opportunity. Well, tell us, uh, tell us who you are and what do you? I mean, you're a U.S. Forest Service guy. What do you do down there? Well, um, I work for the U.S. Forest Service, like like you said. Um, I'm the wildlife program manager now, so anything that deals with any kind of wildlife-related issues, that's being from endangered species to game species, of course, deer. Of course, a lot of people in South Carolina are very familiar with our annual uh, deer hunts that we have sure. here at Savannah River site. Right. Um, but anything wildlife-related, like I said, endangered species, um, invasive species, of course, nuisance hogs is a big program we have here at Savannah River Site, and that's, that is an ongoing deal, not only for us here at Savannah River Site, but throughout the state and, of course, throughout the southeast. Yeah, so. yeah. And I think I think when I was down there in March, you told me you killed something, or you're, or you're the guy that I was riding around with, I can't remember his name, help me out. Uh, probably Mike Larson. Probably. Mike Larson, yep, was telling me y'all had, like, like twenty four hundred pigs a year. Y'all take off down there? Yeah, we average anywhere. I think our biggest year was probably I think it was um actually seventeen. Uh, my years kind of run together now. Sure. I've been here about eighteen years now, so everything wow. runs together. But I think it's seventeen or eighteen. I think we removed somewhere around two thousand to twenty one hundred pigs that year. So. Um, quite a extensive number of things that we move <laughs> off the property since there's no public access. Yep. And, we you know, we kind of do that through contracts and some of the, um, our techs as well do some of that trapping gotcha. to remove that nuisance or try to alleviate that the best we can. Talk to me just a minute about Savannah River site. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's quite the, it's a chunk of land. It's quite, it's quite an, an ecological and wildlife sanctuary down there talk just a minute about it for me it is i mean the savannah river site i mean of course it's owned by the department of energy um of course the u.s forest service are um are in charge of the natural resources um for the savannah river site i mean it's a hundred and ninety eight thousand acre continuous continuous track which that can compromise about 310 square mile site um uh, probably 97% of the, the far, of the Savannah River site is forested. Right. Um, very little um, background for as uh, facilities. Um, yeah. So most of the landscape is forested, and that's where the Forest Service comes in. I think in the 1950s, the Forest Service was actually brought in to reforest the land because a lot of this was old, old home sites and farm sites. Sure. So they actually, Department of Energy brought the Forest Service in to actually do the reforestation on okay. the landscape. Um, so that's and hence that's why the Forest Service initially got started gotcha. back when the site uh, was closed and they started reforesting the site. Do y'all do active timber management down there? We do. We have definitely have active timber sales. Um, we probably have anywhere from uh, ten to twelve different crews on site. Uh, okay. You know, as, as many as ten at one time okay. uh, for active logging sites. Uh, ten crews. You know, that's that's on the high end. To as many as two to three throughout the year. Okay. It's a pretty much ongoing active timber program okay. here at the Savannah River site. Very nice. Um, look, y'all. I, I still, like I said, when I introduced this, I still scratch my head and wonder in what universe I was in when I was invited to come down to the first fishing tournament last fall, and uh, had no idea what I was in for. Um, I have since convinced a couple of people to come with me. You met Brandon Cobb and Anthony Gagliardi, and 
they've come back going, holy smoke, this is an incredible fishery down here. Uh, but you, in conjunction with the National Wild Turkey Federation, Department of Energy, Terra, all of them, you, you kind of got a bunch of partners, and you, y'all were looking for ways to give regular guys access to all the natural resources down there. So talk just for a few minutes about some of the things you guys do and who who it's geared towards and how they get involved in it. Yeah, this is something that started way back probably, about, and I guess I'm telling now, um, <laughs> about 16 to 17 years ago, it, it kind of brought up the, the portion of, of getting some of our, you know, if we want to start off with mobility impairments, veterans, you know, wounded warriors to show our appreciation to that group of people um, that don't have the opportunities that we have, you know, each and every day. But sure. for us, the Savannah River side, of course, like you named the partners, the NWTF, the Department of Energy with the U.S. Forest Service and several other site entities as well, um, just to come back and give back to those guys that has already given so much for us. So, you know, our first event started was actually having a, you know, mobile impaired wounded warrior veteran turkey hunt. Okay. Like I say, this will be, this coming spring will be the 17th year of that event. Um, like I say, there's, there's no public access to the Savannah River site, um, so we can bring those guys in and, and just give them a fun day. Shoot, at, um, yeah. You know, with with very limited access with the natural resources that we do have here at Savannah River site, it's it's just impeccable and just to give those guys a true great experience here that that can't be offered really anywhere else in the state or probably within the southeast for that matter. No, I mean when you when you're riding down the road and you come around a curve and there's a big old gobbler standing there strutting in the middle of the road, you know you're not in the average place in South Carolina. <laughs> you're, you're not at all, Roger. And, no. You know, and it, it piques guys' interest when you're riding around and you're telling them, and you know, of course they've gone out. Outside of the fence, I guess you would say, if we want to say it that way. And, okay. And, and you ride around and you see this and their eyes light up. <laughs> and, you know, it, what, what's amazing with these events is the, the parts I've been a part of, each and every one of them, is the, you know, the memories these guys take away oh, from yeah. this. And, you know, and the gratitude that they show for, you know, for the Savannah River site and all the uh, partners together. They say, you know, this is, I've never seen anything like this. I will remember this every day of my life. So it, it, it's very rewarding to be able to give back to those people and, you know, just show our gratitude for that. And you, and you get all sorts. I mean, we were with a man who was battling cancer that day on the turkey hunt, but there were there were people there that were wheelchairs, uh, people with artificial limbs, uh, veterans with PTSD struggles and all. And and to, and I and I just on the outside looking in. The reward that you guys at the at U.S. Forest Service, DOA, National Wildlife Service, that's got to stick with you, like you said, for your entire life. Oh yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, I always say we get we got a whole host of volunteers that, of course, they're all badge side employees that come out and help out this event, and, and they get more out of it than the participants do. It's <laughs> I've seen friendships bonded through these events, or these guys they stay in touch, and they stay in touch over the ten to fifteen years we've been having these events. That each time you know a certain participant, if he's able to come back, he's he wants to request a guy that he had the year before or five <laughs> years before. You know, these guys stay in contact, and yeah. you know, they built friendships through this, sure. and that's and that's what life is. You know, creating memories creating friendships, bonds, you know, and that's, that's, that's been the neat thing, having these events, to see that kind of unfold, where you have these relationships that are maintained and built through these events. Like I say, creating wonderful memories, but, you know, creating those bonds and friendships that, you know, of course, last a lifetime, and these memories definitely last a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's the turkey hunts, and I got to come on one of those this spring, and I, I look forward to coming back for the next one. Um but you you started just in the last few years, started a couple of fishing tournaments. 
We did. You know, we have two lakes on the Savannah River site. You know, they're per- I, I say lakes. I don't want to say ponds, uh, sure. but a relatively good size. Um, yeah. You know, one's roughly around 2,500 acres, uh, give or take a few acres. One's roughly around 1,300 to 1,200 acres. Um, and we just saw this as an opportunity to, you know, and to be honest with you, we went out and did a, uh, I did a boater, boater class on this and just oh. saw the fish schooling. And yeah. I'm, I, I'm scared to say this on the air, but I was uh, doing some aquatic <laughs> surveying at the time. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> just to do some sampling, just to see, you know, and I thought to myself, this is just too, too good for not for someone else not to enjoy right. and uh, of course we proposed went to doe and proposed uh um said hey is, is there a possibility that we can open this up to you know to our uh veterans or mobility impaired uh folks um to have to actually let them come out and experience this and enjoy this and of course you know doe was gracious enough to let us kind of start sure. hosting a, another event besides the turkey hunt yeah i think this is the fifth year we did the um the mobile impaired uh, wounded warrior veteran event, okay. and it, I mean it's phenomenal, Roger. As you know, oh, you oh, not, I think you come out two years ago um, <laughs> when you've got guys catching over a hundred bass in a day in the springtime, yeah. and you know average weights four pounds, which is big as big up to eight and a half, nine and a half, ten pounds. Sure. I think ten and a half has been our biggest bass to date. Yeah, um, you, you see the smiles on the faces, and I mean it just oh. tells a story. And it's I mean it's it's a phenomenal fishery. Um, that we do each spring with, uh, like I say, with our wounded warriors, our veterans, um, and so forth. And like I say, so we kind of added on to it. We wanted to just, you know, with, those are a great group of people that we sure. want to give back to show our appreciation to. But, you know, just a few years ago, we said, well, let's, let's, what else can we do? So we thought, of course, we sat down at the table and we come together and we said, well, what about our first responders? These are guys and gals that are putting their life on the line every day. So, um, why don't we do a fall event? So yep. we kind of come up with the idea to have a fall event for our first responders. That's anybody first responder related, you know, of course, firemen, police, EMS, dispatch, anything of that nature, and just have an event for our first responders so we can show our appreciation for those guys and gals as well. And I think this was the second year we hosted that event. We yep. just recently finished up with it. Of course, had a wonderful turnout. I think people were, you know, astounded, especially <laughs> first-timers that come out. I, I know you and Anthony was on the boat and spending time with Anthony and talking with him. He said, Tao, said, this is this is impeccable. I've, I've oh, never yeah. seen anything like this. And a guy like Anthony and a guy like Brandon Cobb that yeah. has fished all over the United States, and they come to me and says, man, there's nothing like this in the world. Well, and I, th- you know, and I thought – from Anthony, when you asked him to say a few words, and he got up and he said, guys, he said, this is the closest I've come. I've always had a dream of going to a body of water and being the first guy to throw that lure at that fish. And he said, this is it. He said, that is exactly what it feels like out there. I'm the first guy to come out here and throw a lure at these fish because they only see, what, the fishing tournament once a year that lake, you rotate the lake. So, you know, one lake sees guys one time one year, and they see it one time the next year. And I thought, and, the, and really – from my standpoint, watching these guys at the weigh-in, listening to them talk around, um, I don't think it really hits them how how special this place is until they get back to work the next day and start talking to their buddies about it. And, and that, that's the thing about it here, Roger. It's, it, it's, it's so, I guess a lot of the employees that actually help out with these events, a lot of the site employees, you know, SR&S, our security folks, some of those guys are interested in fishing, and they come to me. 
It's like, how do I get on the list to help out? You know, I've, I've been working out here for 30 years. Sure. And I, and I want to get up there on that lake to help out with the event. Of course, they're helping out for the right reasons. Sure, absolutely. But they just want to – they've been seeing it, and they've yeah. been dying, chomping up the bit to get out there on the water to really, truly experience it. And, you know, I've had – you know, our, like I say, some of the employees has been working out here for 20-plus years, and they come to me and says, Tal, I had no idea how no. wonderful it was. I've seen it, but I yeah. haven't been able to enjoy it. And for those guys to take these people out and them get to enjoy it as well, it is just a win-win. And it is, you know, it, it, the fishing is impeccable. It, it's it's off the charts. I've never been anywhere like it before in my life. But you've got everything else. You got ospreys. You got eagles. You got some big old alligators down there. <laughs> oh no doubt. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I say, this is is like you said earlier. I think you said it's almost like a sanctuary in yeah, some degree because it it's it's very little public. I mean, it's, it's no public access right. besides our Crackerneck, our WMA that actually joins us, which right. is about ten thousand acres. You know, it's a public access area. Um, but far as the remainder of the site, None. you know, it, it's all exclusive. I mean, yeah. it's you know, it's just site employees and stuff of that nature. But there's wonderful natural resources out here. The Forest Service has done a great job, you know, maintaining those natural resources and doing doing the right things as far as land management wise and timber wise and prescribed burning and stuff of that nature. And you know, it's it's just a way that you know it's. It's just an impeccable natural resource or sure. ecological reserve, as you mm-hmm. would say. Um, just a wonderful place to, for natural resources to be. And I know just from my standpoint, just having been down there a couple of times, you know, I'm busy, you're busy, we're all busy. And, and I've got no big events in my life, you know. And I go down there, and it's just like, wow, this is really special. I cannot imagine from the standpoint of a first responder who's been through traumatic experiences for a – uh, a wounded warrior who's suffering the same thing for somebody who's been really sick to go down there. It's a day they just you just forget about everything else that's going on because it just it draws you in and you're just sucked into this great fishery, this great habitat for turkey hunting. And uh, I can't imagine what they take home with them. Yeah, right. And I think, and that's the whole take-home message from this. And of course, we want people to come down, and have a great time, have a safe event. But we want them to, to leave with something. And it's not, it's not a ten-pound bass or a five-pound bass or a ten-inch beard with an inch and a half spurs. It's you know those are great things. Don't get me wrong. Of course, everybody likes to go home with a little, you know, story. But you know, we want sure. to create memories where in, in that day, while they're out there on the water or sitting under a a live oak tree, listen to a turkey gobble, you know, it's, it's the stories and the memories. That, that's what we want to take yep. with them. And I, I think we've succeeded at that. I think we've really done a good job, all our partners coming together and making this, you know, wonderful events for our participants to to leave more with just the har- not the harvest or the catch. It's just the memories that they can take with them when they leave. Sure. That, that's, that's the important part. Well, how, because we've talked about, you know, if you're a first responder, if you're a wounded warrior, whatever, how do people – uh, how do people find out more? How do they get involved? How do they get their name on the list of people that might get drawn to take to participate in these hunts yeah. and, and fisheries? Fortunately for us, uh, we partner with the NWTF, the National Wild Turkey Federation. Um, we partner with those guys, and they handle. They have several events, not only events here at Savannah River site, but different chapters throughout the state have several different events. Um, and they and we just partner with those guys. They handle the, our application process. So if okay. you're interested. In any event going on, I know that you can go to nwtf.org, go on their um, website, look for events uh, around your local area. They'll have them listed on there. Um, but if you're interested in the SRS events, uh, call the NWTF, and they can put you in contact with the with the folks there that handle these events, whether it be the turkey hunt or the fishing event. Okay. And they handle the application process. They'll send you an application, get your email, uh, 
address, and they'll they'll send you an application for one of these events. So, and I would highly highly <laughs> recommend, and I think you can speak for this if you've seen, you've seen it firsthand. Yep. Um, it's definitely worth your day or two days to uh, to come and be a part of it. Absolutely. Well, Tal, I appreciate you doing this for me. If there's, you know, through the years. As I get invited back, I'm I'm eternally appreciative for any time I get to spend down there. But there's everything, anything I can do to get the word out. If you want to do this two weeks for turkey hunt and get some more people out, you just let me know. I'll always be at your beck and call. I appreciate it. Well, Roger, man, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I appreciate the friendship that, that we've formed over the last couple of years and, and you being a part of it. Um, I, I thank you for that. Like I say, the more people we get involved to come out here and enjoy it, that, that's what we're about. Absolutely. Tal Mims, thank you very much, and I will we'll talk to you soon, my friend. All right, great. Thanks, Roger. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the final final segment of Woods and Water South Carolina for this Saturday. Hope you've enjoyed the show. I hope uh like I said, if you're a lady, check in the PCF Women's Outdoor Adventure Weekend at uh, Table Rock State Park, November 15th, 16th, 17th. If uh, if you had your if you were listening while Tal was talking, you understand the kind of natural resources you're going to be exposed to down at Savannah River site. If you mobility impaired, uh, first responder, I hope you will let people know these events are going on because. Over the past two years when I've been involved, sometimes I've had trouble getting people. Can you imagine that? They've had trouble getting enough first responders to come down and go fishing. And I think as the word gets out how, uh, you know, average size, four to five pounds with some 10-pounders, eight-pounders thrown in there. I think, let's see, when I took Brandon Cobb down, and it's, this is what makes it so fun from my standpoint, is I get to go down and, and take a media boat driver. So the last two times I took Brandon Cobb down there, you know, Bassmaster Elite guy won Lake Hartwell and won Texas Fest, and he's driving me around while I'm taking pictures. But he's getting a fish, and his his biggest one was nine one. And then this past just last month, Anthony Gagliardi went down as my media boat driver, and he you know he he's just you know couldn't come up with words to describe it. But uh, his biggest was seven nine, I think. So down a little bit on weight from the first time I went down there, but that's just an incredible fishery. And the fish were there. We were there uh, a week or so earlier this past fall, and the water temp was like 8 degrees hotter. And in the fall, 8 degrees is a lot. But, yeah, get a hold of National Wild Turkey Federation. Uh, I believe the next the next event down there will be the turkey hunts. The Mobilian turkey hunts will be in the latter part of March, first part of April. Then in May you'll have the mobility impaired fishing tournament. And then in September, October, you'll have the first responders fishing tournament. And I believe this see springtime tournament will be on par pond and the first responders next fall will be on L Lake. So just a really cool thing. And like I said, there's uh, like eight different kinds of grasses growing in those lakes and they're crystal clear, like six, seven, eight feet of visibility. <laughs> it's just, uh, something else. All right, let's uh, do a short calendar of events for this week. As always, brought to you by Visit Anderson Green Pond Landing and Event Center. The deadline for the 2019-2020 public drawing waterfowl hunts is October the 15th. That's this Tuesday at 5 o'clock. You can go on the Department of Natural Resources website, look under Draw Hunts, 
and uh, look on the waterfowl hunt. It gives you all the locations, all the dates. Uh, these are online applications, so you can just go to your computer and do it all there. And this year, and they, they got some good ones, and we talked about some of these earlier in the year. This year, uh, Ed Paul referenced this when I talked to him a couple weeks ago. There's a new waterfowl public hunting opportunity announced with a partnership with South Carolina Wildlife Partnership, nonprofit organization formed to match up. Um, oh gosh, computer just dings. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> mute that thing for it. Does it again? Uh, formed to give public hunters access to private land. So when you're on the public drawing waterfowl hunt page, look for the link because if you don't get drawn for one of the state hunts, you could get a second draw through one of these SEWP, SEDNR partnerships to hunt private land. So it's really good. Uh, I think that's all I need to say. And, and, and kudos to all those public private landowners who are willing to open up their lands for public hunters. Hunting opportunity for military veterans. Um, it's an annual tradition. It is um, a uh, it's two free deer hunts in memory of Specialist Thomas Kaufman. Those deer hunts will be on November 22nd and December the 6th. Kaufman of Lexington, South Carolina, deployed in support of Iraq, Operation Iraqi Freedom. Small arms fire and rocket propelled grenades claimed his life on June 9th, 2004. He just caught a 10-pound bass not long before his deployment and was an avid deer hunter. Uh, successful applicants will have lunch before the hunt, as well as the opportunity to tour the Jarrett Rifles Gun Shop and Museum. Uh, if you're interested, uh, there's an application form. This is through Carolina Sportsman, so I'm not really sure where the application forms are. Uh, but it is con in conjunction with SCDNR, so that's where the applications will be. And that process is open until October the 30th. So, opportunities there. Sandy Delta Expedition on October the 20th. There are secrets here that people should know about, mysteries, and the clues are still there. Uh, this is offered through Coastal Expeditions. Um, it's the landscape will start out as live oak, cedars, and blooming wildflowers transitioning to salt-loving Spartina. The ecosystem supports alligators, kites, bald eagles, and then opens up to bottlenose dolphins, ospreys, gulls, and terns. Uh, where the river meets the ocean is a dynamic barrier island, Cedar Island. Wander along the shoreline in the windswept forest on a self-guided exploration. After a couple hours on the island, return to the boat and head back up the river where the journey began. Uh, the captain and guide is Gate Roll. And uh, it says, Gate Roll have deep respect and knowledge of the Delta and offer their observations with refreshing lyricism. So that's through Coastal Expeditions, Santee Delta Expedition. Oh, gosh, almost out of time. I'll hold these over because they're not – I can do those next weekend. Okay, so remember, guys, when you're out there deer hunting, wear that safety harness, put the lifeline up, stay connected from the moment you leave the ground to the moment you get back down out of your stand because it's not just you you're protecting, protecting from an accident. It's everybody around you. Great show. Glad you tuned in. As always – Make time to get out there. Take the back roads when you can because that's where South Carolina comes alive. And don't forget your camera. Back next week with more Woods and Water South Carolina. Hit me from behind. I'm gone.